our house. I want to invite all the men to bring your uh, choice of meat. I have three or four grills fired up, and you can cook it how you like it. Uh, I I will say that uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There will be no tofurkey allowed. Huh? I'm kidding. If you really want to bring tofu, that's great. What? <laughs> there might be some abuse, but. No, I'm looking forward to that. That's a, that's a fun event that we do. We love hosting that. And I uh, want to invite everybody. Bring your friends. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Guys, I want to share with you today, just uh, from my heart, we're not in a series, Um, something that the Lord's been laying on my heart, especially over this last week. Uh, I had the opportunity to to have lunch with with, uh, one of our students. Uh, They're gone. (laughs) They're gone. Anyway. Uh, This last week. Uh, had lunch with Josh Bajarski. I'm very impressed with this young man. Uh, he approached me a couple of weeks ago and he said, Joel, I want to make a difference for the kingdom. I just want to make a difference. Can we, can we do lunch or something? Can we get together and, and talk about this? I said, man, you bet. And so we had lunch. Started asking him about his dreams. What God, what he felt like God wanted from his life. And he talked about college and and, and what he wanted to study, and it was exciting. And, and we started talking about the Word and what his habits are in the Word. And, and he asked me about mine, and I said, well, listen, Josh, I'm in a season right now in my quiet time where I, I know a lot of people, they'll, they'll write, read a chapter a day. That's their thing. They'll read a chapter of Scripture a day. And there's many of us that are reading through the Bible in a year. We've, we've been Uh, Talking about that, we've got the reading plan back there on the back table. We're almost a little over halfway through the Bible, uh, and we're a little over halfway through the year. But I told him, I'm in a a season right now with my quiet time. It's not always like this, but I I read a paragraph, and I'll stay in that paragraph for however many days it is until the Lord just gives me a, a nugget that I've been looking for. And so I'll come back tomorrow, and I'll read the same passage, and I'll just sit and meditate on it, and I'll look words up, and I'll, I, God, what is it in this paragraph? And when it's time, I'll move on to the next one. And, and so what I want to share today is, is one of the paragraphs that the Lord has laid on my heart this week. And you can see at the top of your outline what he's been dealing with me. And simply today, I'm calling this pastor, say something. Say something. I've just been impressed but that there are some things that we don't talk about in our church. And I'm going to guess I don't get to go visit many other churches. So I'm going to make a guess. That there are some things that pastors just don't talk about from the pulpit. And it is impressed upon my heart to say something. I am disturbed in the direction that our culture and society are headed. Anybody with me? I see, we see stuff. 
that we can't talk about. You want to know why we feel like we can't talk about it? Because somebody's going to say, Joel, you're getting political in the pulpit. And today I hope to make zero reference other than the ones I've just made and I'm about to say to political issues. Today I'm talking about human issues and how Scripture intersects with it. We don't talk about racism from the pulpit. Why not? You live with it and I live with it. We don't say anything. And the Lord has just put upon my heart, Joel, say something. We don't talk about gender issues from the pulpit, do we? Say something. Scripture has lots to say. Now here's what I've discovered. That it is so easy for me and it is so easy for others. It's something that the Lord has pointed out to my heart. It is so easy for me to turn my, fu- my, my phone with the camera towards other people. And po- we see videos all the time, don't we, that people take with their camera phones. He said, I'm just, I'm just being honest with what God has been pointing out in my heart. So you guys are actually getting a verbal quiet time of, with me and the Lord. Joel, stop turning your phone towards other people and turn it towards yourself. You stop looking at other people's lives, Joel. You stop pointing out their stuff, and you start pointing out your own stuff. Turn the camera to you, and you look at you for a while. I didn't like that, so I went on to the next paragraph in Scripture. (laughs) You know, all this kind of came together yesterday morning. We went out to breakfast. Catherine and I went out to breakfast with Tom and Anna and Juliet and Bobby. Uh, Juliet leaves for college tomorrow morning. In fact, a lot of our college students are on their way uh, in the week, coming weeks, to head off to college. I was sitting next to Bobby yesterday morning. He is an uh, incoming freshman in high school. And he leaned over to me and he said, Joel, I was thinking it would be fun to learn how to barbecue. You think you could help me out with that? Two times in the last week or so that I've had students ask for some male influence in their life. Two young men. So I find it interesting that Bobby... When he said it'd be fun to learn how to barbecue, I assumed that he meant smoking meat. It's my thing. It's what I do in our family. When we have a get-together, I make the meat. I smoke the meat. And so Bobby, my nephew, comes to Uncle Joel to learn how to smoke. (laughs) You know, I'm kind of like Josh Bajarski. I want to make a difference too. I believe that we have young people all around us. Mom and dads, we are the greatest influencers in our children's lives. Huh? And I want you to make a difference. There's things that we don't talk about in culture, but there's also things we don't talk about in our homes. Say something. Pastor, you've got to say something about these things. 
So today I want to spend a few minutes looking at a passage that spoke to me. I looked up some things uh, about our culture. The one that struck me the most is an issue that has hit our, our community. I mean, we had two of these events at Grandview High School within the last month. Suicide. It's rampant. But we don't talk about it. Pastor, say something. Do you realize that in 2017, according to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, there were 47,173 suicides in America. It is the 10th leading cause of death in our country. I want to make a difference. And I got some young men that are coming to me and saying, Joel, you think you could help out with that? And here's the deal. So do you. And for some of you mom and dads, they're living under your roof. And I want to make a difference, and I want you to make a difference. And I believe what Scripture has for us this morning can help each one of us out. I just got to say something. I got to say something today. So with your Bible in your hand, I hope you have your hard copy. Huh? I've been encouraging you. I'm not going to come off it. I'm going to keep my foot on the gas pedal. Bring your hard copy. I know, you, I know the soft coffee is convenient, but come on. Let's, let's, let's not let that die that we know how to turn the pages in our Bibles. I'm in 1 Peter chapter 2. And I've spent quite a bit of time in this first paragraph of 1 Peter chapter 2. If you'll stand with me. If you're able, as I read from God's Word. Peter has, before, before we get to it, Peter's been talking about our salvation. That what we have in Christ, in chapter 1, this, this gift that we have. And so he gets to chapter 2 and starts it with the word, Therefore. And those of you who have been around for a while, you, you understand that it, the word therefore in, in Scripture, in the Greek language, it points back to a great biblical principle, this great salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, and it points forward to practical application of that biblical principle. Okay? So, chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander and of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Father, we ask this morning that your holy, pure, ancient words would speak straight to the depths of our heart. Lord, I pray that you would use my, my time and your time together this last week to encourage somebody today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
You all know that we've been called, Jesus said it himself in Matthew chapter 5, that we're to be salt of the earth. Uh, He didn't ask us to do that. He said, that's who you are. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Go out and let people see your good deeds that they may glorify your Father in heaven. Salt of the earth. You are my flavoring in this earth. Around the people that you go to work with in your neighborhood. You're you're, You're the flavor of me. They should taste me when they're around you, Joel. I'm just telling you guys, this is very personal to me. I I just want you to kind of have a picture of what I go through, what what I make a practice in my quiet time. And the Lord just spoke to me this week, laid it on my heart, and said, Joel, it goes back to that camera phone the camera on our phone. That we spend so much time noticing other people's stuff and we don't ever turn it back to us. And so today, as we look at this passage, I want us to have an umbrella, a question that we wrestle with the whole time. What am I going to do? What am I going to do about the direction of our society the direction our society is headed. Because you and I can look at it on an individual basis and go, Joel, it's overwhelming. It's too big. What can I do? I'm nobody important. I'm I'm nothing. We've all heard the illustration of the starfish that swept up on the beach, and there's a guy down on the beach, and he's throwing them one after another right out in the water, and somebody walks up and says, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm trying to save these starfish. There's a bazillion of them on the beach. You're not going to be able to save them all. He goes, yeah, but I can save this one. And if every one of us will take this first paragraph of chapter 2 in Peter's letter to the churches of the exile, where does he name them? Look at chapter 1, church of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. I mean, he's writing to the church in all these places. This is to church folk. It's me and you that he's writing to. And in light of the great salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, he says, gives us some advice. Turn the camera phone to yourself. Now, look at your own stuff. So the first first thing I want to point out that was pointed out to me is that I need to get rid of all evil. Not some of it, all of it. Now, you might be here today and in the same boat that I am. The gap between who I say that I am and, the, and who I really am, the gap between who you, church family, get to see on Sunday morning and who I really am in here, anybody relate to that? That gap, God impressed upon me this week. Joe, you got to close that gap, man. It's just too much. I'm not pleased, so let's go to work on that. I'm not pleased with how, who you say you are and who people see and who I know you are on the inside. Let's go to work. 
So the first thing is that I need to get rid of all evil. All. And that's not just a word for the pastor. I will say this. It starts with your pastor. It starts here. It moves on to our elders, our life group leaders. The other leadership in the church starts with us. And if I'm talking about you as a leader in our church, this is personal. If you're a guest with us, this is personal. If you're new to Community of Grace and you haven't had, had a chance to jump into a ministry, this is personal, man. Paul or Peter is writing to us and he's saying, get rid of the evil in your life and close the gap. He gives us a list. And we could spend a lot of our time just looking at the list. I'm not going to do that. You, you know what they are. Well, let's just look at them real quick. We won't spend a whole lot of time there. He says in that verse, rid yourself, literally take off. Take it off. I, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to gross anybody out. But like take a shirt off. Take, take it off. What's he talking about? He's talking about repentance. But repentance has two actions. You know that, right? Repentance has the issue of asking for forgiveness and taking it off. Get rid of the sin. But the other action is to turn to God. Again, this is just, I'm vomiting what I went through this last week or so. Joel, how many times have you come to me and just asked for forgiveness? You've gone to me and you've taken the shirt off. You've asked for forgiveness, but you didn't turn to me, man. You didn't walk towards me. In your mind, in the back of your mind, Joel, you just said, Lord, will you please forgive me today, and I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow with the same one, and I'm going to take the same shirt off again tomorrow and ask for forgiveness tomorrow, and I'll see you tomorrow. Anybody been on that? Hamster wheel, or is it just me? Oh, man, he's saying, rid yourself. The, the writer of Hebrews, chapter 12, how does he say it? Let's see. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And here's, here's the good part. And let us run the race that is set before us. Church, listen, Peter is saying it. Oh, hold on, James. Turn back one page. I'm just telling you where, I, where the Lord took me, man. James 1.21, how does he say it? Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Church, listen. As we start working through this list, I want us all to evaluate. Is that in me? If it is today, let's take it off and turn to God and move his direction. Go towards him. Deal? Deal? What's on his list? By the way, this might be worth writing down. It may not be. Sin deprives me and you from God's best. It deprives us of God's best. 
He says in his list here, to rid yourself of all malice. That, that word is referring to perverting a virtue or a moral principle towards evil. There's intent in this word. That, that, that there's a moral principle or even a, a biblical directive that, that is this way. And what do we do sometimes? We, we just go one or two degrees off center. And it is not God's way. I have found over the years, and I especially noticed it in student ministry because they're the ones that asked it most often. I don't hear it from adults as much. I heard from students all the time. They would say, Joel, how? I'm just going to put it in the context that they would ask. Hey, Joel, how far is too far with my girlfriend? Huh? How close to the edge can I get without sinning with my girlfriend? That's how they'd ask it. And I would have to come back to them and say, man, that should not be your focus of how close you can get to the edge. Your focus should be on how, how holy you can live. How, with how much respect can you treat her? With how can you treat her like, like one of God's creation in a holy way? Man, don't live as close as you can to the edge. Live out here in a way that is set apart from the world. Peter also says in his letter, be holy because I am holy. Church family, listen, malice. He says, get rid of all of it. Is there anything in our heart that wants to pervert what is right and just off one degree? How close to the edge can I get, Joel? Joel, I'm not racial. Joel, I don't, when I get in the car on the way home with my spouse, I don't say bad things about people that have other ideas about gender issues that I do. I love turning, well, okay, I don't love it, but, well, okay, sometimes I do say things to my spouse, and maybe I do think things in my heart that I would never say to my spouse about these issues. Pastor, say something. We as a church, we as a people, can make a difference if each one of us will turn the camera to ourselves. And the people that we encounter day in and day out at work and at school begin tasting God through our lives. I'm just afraid. That there are times that my words don't taste like God. That gap's got to close. He says, get rid of all deceit. Crafty and skilled in the art of deception. Is there any of that in me? that mask that I put on Sunday morning, and there might be one, maybe two more people in the room that they'll put on a mask as soon as they get out of the car and walk into the church house, and they've had the hardest, most difficult, horrible week they've ever had, and as soon as they walk in the building, people will say, hey, how you doing? And they'll go, great. Huh? Is it just me? 
God impressed upon my heart, Joel, that gap's got to close. Joel, there are weeks that are they're just terrible weeks, man. There are some weeks that if I were completely honest, when I stand up here, it's difficult. But I try to stand up here and, and have that on. And I realize that it's necessary. But I'm just, I'm just sharing with you what God and I worked through this week. And there might be one or two other people in the room that would go, that's me. Joel, I keep the camera focused on everybody else and I rarely turn it to me. And today I just want to encourage all of us, as Peter is, in light of this great hope and salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, that each of us close the gap. Hypocrisy. Isn't it interesting that most of this list has to do with untruth, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, slander, saying things about people that may not be true and it hurts the reputation? Is there, there any, is there any part of that in me? If so, God, I want to close the gap. I want to take the initiative and I want to, I need your help. Because I may not see it all. I may have blind spots, but I want to close the gap. Because here's what I believe. That one after one after one after one after one after one, if all of us will take the initiative to close the gap, I believe this could be the biggest little church in Denver that swings a huge bat and makes a difference in our community and in our culture. I believe people in your workplace will begin to taste the flavor of God. The first point that, that I got out of this text was that I need to get rid of all evil. The second one is this. Comes out of verse 2. Look at it. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Number two on your outline is that I'm going to crave pure, the pure spiritual milk of God's word. Of God's word. Interesting that uh, this word crave or desire, the Greek word is one that a few of you might be familiar with. The Greek word is oxano. I'm sorry, that's, that's in my next point, wrong word. The word crave is an imperative verb, I'm not asking. I'm telling you. Like a newborn baby, and there's one down here, there's one right back there. They moved. Back over there. <laughs> they crave milk. Let me ask you a question today. Do you crave God's word? If not... And I'm not throwing rocks. And I'm not naive enough to think that every person sitting in this room just can't wait every day to get in God's Word. I will say that I would guess that a vast majority of this room wishes they had the desire to crave God's Word. Huh? And so I've been praying for you and praying for me that God would build in each one of us 
not only a craving, but a discipline to be in his word. Because when you and I allow God's word to become the compass point for our life, the people at work will see a difference. Your spouse will see a difference. Your neighbors will see a difference. And the bottom line for me is I want to make a difference. And I want you to make a difference. And I believe that as a collective church, we can be the biggest little church in Denver. I mean, I I believe we can make a huge impact in our three-mile radius. I already see it right down the street in Sunrise Elementary School. Is it Sunrise or Summit? Summit Elementary School. This is a public announcement. (laughs) That's okay. I want to make a difference. I want our church to make a difference. And I believe we can. But it starts with turning the camera to me and getting my stuff straight, closing the gap. And it starts, it moves on to Allowing God's word to be the driving compass point in our life. Do you crave God's word? The third point on your outline. So what can I do to make a difference in my culture? The third one is this. I will grow. I'm going to grow. Verse 3. I'm sorry. End of verse 2. Like, like, like newborns, babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. This is where the Greek word comes in, to grow. It's, it's the word oxano, to grow. He wants us to mature. Here's the question that, that, that I have for a lot of us. Are you still growing? Or have you stopped growing? Are you still growing in your faith? Joel, I come to church, didn't answer my question. Joel, I go to life group, didn't answer my question. Joel, I read my Bible every day, did not answer my question. Joel, I pray before I go to bed, I pray over my, you can see where I'm going. The question is, are you growing? Friends, I believe we can make a huge difference. I believe you can If I could walk around this room and point at every one of you, I would. In fact, I'll try real quick. (laughs) I believe you can make a difference. I believe you can make a difference. And it starts in our society with me taking care of me. Pastor, say something. Okay, I will. Friends, before we're going to gain back the voice that we've lost, the church is losing the battle in in our society. Agree? We have lost our voice. If we want our voice back, it's going to start with me and you. That we begin taking care of ourselves. That we stop pointing out everybody else's mess and we start taking care of our own mess. I'm going to get rid of the evil in my life. I'm going to close the gap. I'm going to be in God's word, and I'm going to allow it to be the driving point, the focus point, the compass point in my life. 
and I'm going to grow. You know, an athlete grows the most when they're where? Not at the dinner table. That's not, not the right answer. In the weight room, when they're pushing lead, and they put on the amount of weight that is painful, that makes them hurt, it stretches them, it, that's when they grow. Now, you and I are looking on the inside, and we're taking care of that gap. We're closing it. We're getting in God's word, and we're going, man, we're being convicted by his word. This, this first paragraph of chapter 2 in 1 Peter arrested me this last week. Now, Joel, you want to grow? Go do it. Go do it. Sounds great for you to stand up and tell everybody about our time together. That sounds really good, Joel, but if you want to grow, go out and do it. You watch your mouth. You clean up your heart. Joel, you, above all else, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring, anybody, of life. Joel, you want to grow? You get out there and, and you be a light and you be salt. You let people know who you are and who, you've, who you stand for. You let them know that you're one of my children. In this culture and in this society, if you want to grow, you go public with your faith. Oh, they'll, they'll, there will be adversity when you live for me. Scripture teaches us that. Those are Jesus' very own words. You want to grow? You let people taste me through you. You know, verse 3. Interesting. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, is there anyone except besides me that has tasted that God is good? Can, can I get a... Since you and I have tasted it, don't we crave it? I know some parents. I'm related to some that held off as long as they could before introducing sugar to their children. Because they knew what? As soon as they tasted it, they would crave it. But you see, my dad, he has this thing about M&Ms <laughs> and grandbabies. Because he knows those grandbabies are going to come climb in his lap because grandpa has M&M's. I, I want you to consider this, friends. I pray that the friends that you and I have at work, the people we have in, in our neighborhoods, they don't die and go to hell before even tasting how good God is. I mean, it grabbed my heart. Joel, how many people do you encounter that never taste me through you? 
that they can see how God has brought you through things, how God has, has worked in your life. He has, he has rescued you. He has shown you mercy and grace. How many people never taste God in you, Joel? How are they ever going to build a craving for me if they never taste me in your life? Joel, I mean, you want to, get, you want to grow? They do it. And let people taste God in and through you. Joel, go out and be salt. I've already told you that's who you are. Go be salt in this world. And friends, that's a good word for every one of us. Amen? Craving comes after tasting. And I believe we can make a difference in our homes, in our community, in our city and nation. When we turn the camera to us, and we allow God to work in us and through us. The question is, will we? Will we? I mean, you look around this room. There's some big hitters in this room. There are people of influence and people of impact sitting in this room. And if we as a collective community... I'm just telling you. This city could be turned upside down by this collective group that allows God to work in and through us. Will you? Will I? Will we? I pray that's the case. But maybe you're here today and you've never tasted how good God is. You've never heard how much God loves you. Can I tell you real quick? Can I just tell you that God loves each and every person so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin and your sin? Is there anybody else besides me that has sin in their life? Huh? I hope it's 100%. <laughs> if you've never sinned, please come see me. I'd like to meet you. So we're all in the same boat with a sin problem. But God's word says that whoever will believe on his son, Jesus Christ, will never perish, but will have eternal life. See, it's not up here. It's usually a cross that sits right there. That cross is our flag. In the United States of America, when the flag is raised, I grew up in a military family, and every day at 5.30, or was it 5.25? Somewhere around there, 5 o'clock, they would lower the flag. Every car in sight had to stop. They would get out of the vehicle, turn towards the flag, and salute. As a kid, I hated it. <laughs> As an adult, I love it. Because it daily brought us back home. And we have a cross. Many of you are wearing one around your neck. And it's our flag. It brings us back home. It is that which Jesus Christ bled and died for my sin and your sin. 
Now, if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus, that cross is important for you to remember and to know about. Because on the cross, Jesus took care of our sin problem. He is the only sacrifice that God found acceptable to cover the sin of all mankind. And God says simply, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So today, you can do it. It's as simple as ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe on Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Call on him. Or or just tell God in your own words right now. You don't have to wait on me. You can tell him. And confess him as Lord. What does Lord mean? We don't use that word in our English today. Master. Call on him to be your master. If you've never done it, you can do it. If you'd like to talk with someone how to do that, just a moment. I'll be glad to talk with you about that. But today I just needed to share with you, I needed to say something. That the solution in our society is, number one, Jesus. That is the solution. And number two, it starts with me. It's personal personal. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come before you in your son's name. And we ask that uh, for just the next moment of silence that you would get the last word in our lives. That you would point out any of the gaps that we have, the the gap between who we say we are and who we are. And Lord, in this coming moment of of just quietness with you, will you hear our hearts as we come before you and that we be honest if we're going to just be back tomorrow? Or is today the day where we rid ourselves, we take it off and we turn to you, we repent of it? Just going to be honest with God today. So church, take just the next few moments and be quiet and and talk with God about where you are and what your intent is moving forward. Father, this morning, I I lay before you my life. And Lord, I don't want to be, I don't want to set myself up. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a brother and sister. I don't want to be a Christian. I want to be one of your children that is honest about the gaps in my life. And Lord, you and I both know that I have gaps. 
And I, I, I am scared to say it publicly, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is being right with you. And I just pray that we as a community, today would be the day that, that we all, if we have gaps, we would all say, today's the day that I'm turning. I'm getting rid of it, and I'm turning towards you. Not towards something else, but towards you. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just I want to know if there's anybody else in the boat besides me. Joel, I, I have gaps, and I know that they need to be closed. Will you pray for me? Is there anybody else? Can I just see a quick hand that, man, all over the room, all over the room. Lord, now I pray that your Holy Spirit would not only help us as we, we discern those gaps, but, Lord, help us to, to turn from them, to get rid of them, and to turn to you and to fall in love with the pure spiritual milk of your word. Father, give us a passion for it. Even when we want it, sometimes we find ourselves that we don't have it. Oh, today, Lord. Today is a word for the inside. But that motion on the inside, that movement on the inside of our heart must make a difference on the outside. I pray that uh, we would all be bold to go out and do it, that we would be in the weight room of life. We would go public with you as our king and our master and savior. As we stand and lift our voice, Lord, we pray that our worship would be true from the depths of our heart. I pray this in your name. Amen. Church family, if you'd like prayer today, I'll be right down here. If you've made a decision to follow Christ today, I'd love to talk with you about it. Maybe you want to wait till the service is over. I'll, I'll be hanging around. I'll be here or at the door. But man, don't leave today without doing business with God. Deal? Deal. Let's stand and sing together.